Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeedGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeedGeek.com and use promo code SIDERETIREDPOD in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the Cincinnati Reds, New York Mets, and Big Time Rush. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. All righty, it is Dylan, but actually this is going to be the last time you're going to hear my voice on today's episode because we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. We've heard you guys' requests that have been listening to Side Retired loyally and faithfully, basically telling us we want more content. We want to hear you guys more, and we love to hear that from you guys. So as a result, as you're going to hear over the next couple of weeks or so throughout the rest of August, we're going to be doing a lot of different formatted episodes. And of course, let us know. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Side Retired Pod, as well as leaving us an Apple rating to let us know what your thoughts are on these new different types of episodes, which ones you like the best. But today you're going to hear from our Reds expert, Harry Kilman. And what he's basically going to do is for the next 10 or so minutes, give you a little perspective on his niche perspective. And that's on the Cincinnati Reds. He's going to be giving you his top 10 or top five, sorry, prospects in the red system, as well as a couple of sleepers and anything to do with that. So before I get away, Harry, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. It was a very eventful deadline for the Cincinnati Reds, and we've acquired a whole lot of new prospects, and we've completely revamped our farm system, and I'm excited to talk about them here today. Sounds good. So obviously, you will hear James, Jack, and I on future episodes. As always, we'll be back regularly, as well as I'll be checking in on all of these episodes, sort of giving you the same spiel and welcome to side retired and all that stuff so harry you will also get to end the episode by saying the side is retired so have some fun with our listeners tell them all about the cincinnati reds and i will see you guys in a couple of days when james and i will be interviewing a great guy who's in the baseball know and all i'm going to say for now is that interview is going to be bananas big hint there but harry take it away what you got on the cincinnati reds all right so as dylan stated uh, a little earlier I'm going to go through my top five prospects for the Cincinnati Reds. And then at the end, if you stick to the end, you're going to hear some of the guys who maybe aren't getting as much media hype as they probably should be and some guys that you should probably keep an eye on a bit later. First of all, my number one prospect for the Reds this year is Ellie De La Cruz. He is a guy who is almost reaching that complete generational tier and is the best prospect that the Reds have had in a long time. I don't think it's too early to start making those comparisons that he can be that next generational foreign infielder. Guys like Wander Franco and Fernando Tatis, especially if he continues at the same trajectory coming into next year. He absolutely obliterated uh, the the Dayton Dragons with a 159 WRC plus, and he just completely has continued that stretch into Chattanooga in double A with a 134 WRC plus, albeit with a little bit of a limited sample size, but his moments have been electric. His very first home run went over 512 feet. And from a tools perspective, he's one of the best guys we've ever seen. He's a six foot five infielder, and that's even a conservative estimate. Uh, He has 80 grade raw power and 80 grade raw speed. Those are things that are very unheard of. And because he's such a slender frame, those numbers can go can both go up in the future. Ellie is rather raw, 
although his plate discipline numbers have been progressing along. But come next year when we do this list over again, Ellie might be the number one prospect in all of baseball. At number two, we're going to begin a bit of a trend here, and that's former Seattle Mariners prospects as the Reds have swindled two big deals in just the past half year. And I'm going to begin with Edwin Arroyo. Edwin Arroyo is one of two players in all of minor league baseball who are 18 years old and have at least a 130 WRC plus in single A. And that's really an incredible margin considering the other guy is Jackson Churio, a guy who arguably is a top 10 prospect in all of baseball for the Milwaukee Brewers. He's a plus defender. He has great speed and great lateral agility to go with it and projects as a full-time shortstop in the major leagues, has consistently hit uh, mid, the mid-90s with uh, wooden bats in terms of exit velocity and you know in the limited stack cast data that we are provided by the Daytona Tortugas of the Cincinnati Reds organization. Uh, and he has rather advanced play discipline for his age, has around a 10% to even 20% walk rate in low A. Then we go into another former Seattle Mariner, and that's Noel V. Marte, the guy that generally is viewed as the centerpiece of the big Luis Castillo deal, this, this trade deadline. Although I'm not as super high on him as maybe others are, I totally buy into that raw power, but the hitting tool and the defense maybe aren't as far along as you'd like. He's still at a 133 WRC plus in, in a high A ball with the Everett Aqua Sox. And he homered twice in his Reds minor league debut, which is incredibly promising to see. He's very pat, very fast in the base path and very, very toolsy. And he's just 20 years old, so there's lots of room for even further growth there. At number four, we have a recent draft pick, and that's Cam Collier, the Reds' first-round pick out of Chipola, a junior college. And at 17 years old, he had incredible production at said junior college, playing alongside and against older players. He had a 956 W, he had a 956 OPS, excuse me, and was one of the best players consistently. He had great raw power and even topped out at a 110 exit velocity with a wooden bat and has a consistently great launch angle trajectory, almost routinely averaging between 10 and 40 degrees with very, very minimal amounts of contact that are outside of that threshold, meaning he maximizes the amount of barrels he gets and he generates barrels at a high rate. This is a player who is just 17 years old, but has the potential to be a very, very good player as he gets older and as he becomes the centerfold of the Reds farm system in the future. At number five, yet another former Seattle Mariner. This is a bit of a guy who, I guess I would say I'm a bit higher on than the consensus, and that is Connor Phillips. Now, initially, Phillips was a player to be named later in this offseason blockbuster Jesse, Jesse Winker, Eugenio Suarez deal that sent both of the stars to the Seattle Mariners. But he has completely lived up to the expectations, and I am incredibly bullish on all the stuff that he has. He has great fastball velocity that averages around 94 to 96 miles per hour for just a 21-year-old pitcher in double-A, but he has elite movement that goes with it. He also throws two great breaking balls. He has a nice east-to-west slider that has great horizontal movement, and that perfectly complements one of his uh, signature pitches and the signature um, swing and miss pitch, a great 12 to six curve that really maximizing all four cardinal directions and completely maximizes his potential in that aspect. Fast delivery, great extension, has a great projectable frame, 
His only issue is his command, but in the grand scheme of things, that is something that can be fixed. And the traits that he possesses are things that really can't. Great frame and just incredible stuff. And I'm super, super proud that the Reds were able to get him as opposed to many of the other guys uh, for that deal. And I think that there's a very legitimate chance that Phillips, the guy who is initially just kind of a throw-in piece, could be the best player to come out of that big trade in the offseason. Now, I promised you that I'd give you some sleepers at the end, and here we go. I'm going to come through with it. First of all, we have Andrew Moore. And yes, this is now the fourth former Seattle Mariner to make this list. But again, I'm really bullish on a lot of the guys that we've received in those two trades. He's a relief pitcher, but he's a flamethrower, averaging around 97 to even 101 or 102 miles an hour with two plus breaking balls in his slider and then to a lesser extent, his curveball. In uh, about 20 innings in single A last year, he had a 195 ERA and an over 16 strikeout per nine inning ratio. Fantastic numbers. This is a guy who's right now stationed in the low A Daytona Tortugas. I'd keep an eye on him because he can become a very, very positive relief pitcher at the next level. Then we have Cade Hunter, a catcher who had just drafted this season in the 2022 MLB draft. He was drafted 153rd by the Reds for a below slot margin coming out of Virginia Tech, but I had a borderline first round grade on him. I think he's one of the best offensive catchers in the draft. He has 50 grade back to ball skills, 60 grade plate discipline, and I'd even say he has 70 raw power. And at his best, and at maybe his 96, 97th percentile outcome, he can become one of the best offensive catchers in the league. Um, and to go with it, he ranked as one of the fastest catchers in the nation along the base path. That's not necessarily something you'd think of when it comes to just a catcher, but it's a nice, uh, it's a nice cherry on top. And especially with Tyler Stevenson suffering a lot of injuries and potentially teasing around the idea of a move to first base, having another promising catcher in the farm system. It's always a welcomed addition. And the last guy I'm going to talk about is a guy who's probably the least known here. And that's a guy, Donovan Benoit, a 10th round pick by the Reds last year. He's currently sitting in high A, but there's a lot to like. He's a right-handed pitcher with his primary pitch being an absolute wipeout one. And that's his elite fastball that sits around 94 to 96 miles an hour. But the caveat is that it has incredible arm side run as he is one of those dark arts pitchers in baseball as he harnesses the abilities of seam shifted wake. He has a really nice spin axis that it's around one o'clock. Uh, and he has a nice slider as well. with Some great horizontal sweep and nice two plane break sitting around 85 miles an hour with that perfect velocity difference that gives hitters both a scare in their timing and with the horizontal movement to really make them pay. And he's had, he's had great production in the minors so far with a career 14K per nine and a ground ball rate sitting at around 65%. Those are probably the two most important things you want out of a pitcher, a guy who's not only able to strike out guys at a high rate, but when he doesn't, he forces them to hit ground balls right to your infield. Absolute baller. I mean, I'm super, super high on the guy. I think that he's a name that right now you won't, really hear teased in the top 50 prospects for the Reds. But I think come a year or two, when he's around 24, 25, he's a guy that could probably do damage in the major leagues. So yeah, that was eight guys that I talked about. Five, probably some bigger names, as well as some smaller names who I think you should really kind of get to know and, and get acclimated with. And 
I think that really, and I'll pass this off to Dylan to kind of close this off, but I think that the Reds are, are they, they've, it's been a tough, it's been a tough few years. You know, there hasn't been a lot of success for the Cincinnati Reds and, and even the years where there's been some success, like 2020 and 2021, there have been much larger glaring issues around then. And, you know, I'm just here to say that the future might, the future is bright and, and all might be okay in the long run. And with that said, I'm going to pass it off to Dylan for one last go. And there you go. All righty, Harry. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We definitely appreciate all of the hard work, all the insight. Again, of course, go make us and check out the Side Retired podcast on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, of course, the podcast on Apple as well. Let us know what you thought of Harry's first official episode where he sort of co-hosted on his own. But definitely, Harry, unless there's anything else you want to throw in here before we wrap up. All good. All right. So until the next time for Jack, James, Dylan, and Harry, the side is retired.